Hello, my name is Natasha Wilson and I'm a leadership explorer, coach and consultant. I'm intrigued and fascinated by human abilities to lead and create positive change. And I aim to capture wisdom and stories to share our human experience and learn from each other. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Christian Rogi. Christian, you worked in academia as a molecular biologist for 20 years and then became an entrepreneur. We are very intrigued in your pathway and also we want to know how you came into the world of microbiome, which is a very topical subject. So Christian, welcome. So glad you're here today. Thank you, Natasha, and thank you for inviting me to, to your podcast. So my career um, started with a PhD that I did in France. Um, I decided then to move to the US to do a postdoc and back in the UK where I did the succession of postdocs. So I spent 20 years in academia and I realized that working in academia was, was going to be difficult. Success was going difficult. It's not impossible, but difficult. So I, I looked at a, how can I reinvent myself um, and do something different? So I started my own business. Um, I teamed up with a software developer and we did some, um, we created softwares. And then I realized that world of business is much more complicated than, than I expected, especially coming from academia. So I decided to do a, an executive MBA. And then I just did a succession of small job in introducing lean startup in an academic environment, doing some innovation um, program. And then um, at a big breakthrough, I became the um, uh, head of BD, of head of business development for a, an institute, a research institute, where my role was really trying to commercialize the technology developed in the institute by the academic and um, to the, the, the private sector. So that was a nice transition, mixing my academic um, knowledge with my interest in, in business and the private sector. So I, I did um, a bit of work at the Institute of Research in Norwich. This institute became the Quadrum Institute, a microbiome um, institute. Then I uh, joined Enterobiotics, a, a Scottish startup working in uh, developing microbiome-based uh, medicinal product. And uh, last year, I joined an American company called Cosmos ID, where um, the company is basically developing bioinformatics tools to enable scientists to analyze the microbiome um, through a web app um, and in the comfort of um, their living room, basically. So the transition was very much academia, tech transfer, entrepreneurial um, uh, opportunity, and now um, a big time private sector where I helped create value through the product that we sell. You know, I work with many uh, early career researchers in academia, and they will, I think, be really inspired by your story and, uh, and the different changes you made, you know, throughout your career. So maybe let's let's talk a little bit about how we met, um, which was actually through the work you were doing uh, in the microbiome, uh, you know, sector. So tell us a little bit more about the the day where we met and and how we worked together. We at the time managed to 
successfully raise funding from, from the EU to, to create an innovation hub in Reading. And, and that innovation hub was about food and our food um, can help us live longer, can help us live better. So it was very exciting, but we needed to create a, a structure in, in Reading and, and there was nothing. So we had to create a board of non-exec director. We had to um, um, appoint a CEO. And, and we had to find the, the strategic objectives, the mission, the vision. And um, you can do it yourself. It takes time. It's difficult. We didn't know each other very well. So instead of, of you know, wait and, and take the time, we decided to just use a, an external um, professional. And we, um, we spent the day all together in a room and um, to establish quickly this, this vision, mission and strategic objective. And the other thing that that day was, was as helped us was to build trust between us within the board. Uh, we were four or five non-exec directors and also between the board and the new CEO and, and really to move forward together the board helping the CEO and the CEO helping the board. So we did, a, it was a good day. We had loads of post-it. We had loads of whiteboards. We have loads of, of pens. And, and Natasha just led us and gave us some framework, challenged ourselves. And, and we achieved at the end of the day, a massive amount of work that we wouldn't have done without her help. And, and we've learned from each other. And, it was, a, it was a challenging day, it was a fun day, it was an exciting day. And, and at the end, when we left um, the, the room, everybody was really happy about what we have achieved as a team. Um, we were different nationalities, we had different backgrounds, and it didn't matter at the end. We got the result we wanted, and then we moved on to the next step. And I, and I remember it was very intense, as you said, and it was uh, what I felt was... was uh an amazing experience was the fact that everybody had a very clear sense of purpose. There was a, a real sense of direction of, of what people wanted to, to achieve, which made it so, so much easier and, uh, and helped us to work together towards that goal. So Christian, I'm really interested in the move you made, you know, after being 20 odd years in academia, you decided to take on a big program, an MBA, and I think you said you did it part-time. So can you tell us a bit more about uh, your experience of that MBA and how it helped you in your, in your career? You're absolutely right. I, I needed to make a transition and, and I decided to, to enroll in an MBA at Norwich Business School. It was absolutely mind-blowing experience. So the reason why I chose this MBA also, not only for the part-time, but because it was consultancy-based. So not only you learn in the classroom, you learn from your peers, but you can apply that learning very quickly in a business environment. So I had the opportunity to work for IBM in Prague. I had the opportunity to work for a um, small business in Norwich. A completely different um, area that was in the performing um, environment, so dancing and, and, and this type of things. And I also work for a charity um, raising funding for um, fighting cancer, local charity. I met some really good people, creating a very important network. 
um, was able to just bounce ideas with from my peers. I had a wonderful time. Now I can say I had a wonderful time. At the time, it was it was hard, but um, I'm so glad I've done it. It was um, it, it changed my life in terms of as a person and and as a professional, and and now I can um, I can really build on what I've learned and what I keep learning. So it's, it was really this, this learning step that I really needed. And I was very brave because being in academia for so long, I suppose we just get used to our environment. So, so having the chance to reach out and, and see the world from a different place must have been really exciting. Um, yes. So in view of this, I'm, I'm really interested as well, you know, and maybe the MBA helped you with the challenges you were faced afterwards, but you know, all of us through our leadership journey and our pathway that, that we, we choose, we face with, with challenges. Um, and I suppose that's part of what life is about. But I'm really interested to know how you've actually, maybe find one particular challenge you want to share with us today and, and tell us how you actually uh, got through it and maybe who helped you or, or how did you manage that transition? Yeah, so, so I, will, I will pursue the idea about, about the MBA. So when you do an MBA, it's super, super intense. You, know, you, you really need to keep reading. You need to keep finding new ideas. You, need, you really work as a team alone, and it's nonstop. But then it stops. Uh-huh. And then there is a big void. Really, you've been learning, you've been reading, and there is nothing. Overnight, you've got the degree, and you move on. And all that learning, you know, your, your, your brain is, is just very thirsty of new knowledge. What I decided to do, I decided to work with, with a mentor. I, I took a, a person, very successful person, living um, close to where I live. And um, did, she, she started very low, um, you know, very low position and made her way up to um, CEO. And um, I took her as a mentor, and 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 it, uh, the journey is, in the last four years has been incredible. She shared a lot of information with me. She tells me that uh, sometimes my ideas are completely rubbish. She guides me. She really um, gives me that short feedback loop that that you need. Long feedback loop. That's good. You know, that's a long term. But when you want to change career, when you want to learn, you need that short feedback loop that you can, you know, respond to. So we meet monthly, have a coffee, probably for one hour, an hour and a half, discuss everything. I tell her what I want to achieve, how I'm going to do it, and she feeds back to me. And then for the next meeting, it's just progress meeting. So big meeting first, that's an MOT. You just, you know, put everything on the table. This is my big goal. This is what I want to achieve. Great. And then every um, every month we have a checkup uh, and see how I progress towards that, that big goal, basically. And, and I found it extremely helpful, um, challenging again. But I've learned a lot from this person. Now what I've done is now I took on board a young professional and I'm helping this person um, develop herself. She wants also to go from academia to the private sector. And I hope what I've learned from my MBA, from interacting with my mentor, um, I hope to be able to pass it on to her and, and then you know, give back what I've learned to somebody and then she can progress further in her career. 
that is really a fantastic example in terms of how we, we transfer wisdom, how we first are helped by others who can, you know, help us with these transitions, as you say, these goals, and then you can give back as well to, to someone else who's, who wants to follow in your, in your steps or, or, or choose a similar pathway. So to me, that's really beautiful because this is, especially in the fact that we are, you know, living uh, through this pandemic and we have no experience of how, of how to, to navigate this. I think this support is probably even more important than before. So thank you for sharing. Um, I'm also really interested about um, some, you know, additional wisdom you would like to share with our listeners. And this is around, you know, in view of all the things you've learned and having worked across sectors and, and managed a transition from academia, you know, to uh, the technology innovative commercial sector. Um, how, what would you say to your younger self? So imagine you're back, you know, at the start of your PhD or just finishing your PhD and you're kind of like, what would you say to your younger self, um, you know, in view of all the things you've learned? All right. So, so basically, when I finished my PhD, um, I left France. I went to the US. Didn't speak English really well. I, I basically learned how to speak English on the job, basically. And, and I did a succession of postdoc and, and so on. And I think I was very excited about going in the world of research and doing experiments. That was, that was great. And what I would say now is you need to be honest with yourself as a scientist and, and the chance to succeed in academia is, is, is possible, but it's difficult. And, and it's difficult for multiple reasons that, that I, I won't touch on. But you know, how many people really go from a PhD to a 10-year position? Just not many. So what I, um, I would have been really happy for somebody to tell me, it's going to be super difficult. So go for it, but at the same time, plan, prepare for a plan B. Because you don't know, you know, funding can run, run out. You may not get the next postdoc. You may not get any position. So, so then what are you going to do? And so I would have been really happy to have somebody to tell me that and, and start really looking outside my academic network and, and say, what skills? do I need? I'm great at doing science, but outside this type of skills, how can I build some different skill set that will help me go into the private sector or do something very different? Now, what I can say is that one, building a network is absolutely crucial and not only building it, but interacting regularly with that, with that network. Build your competence and, and absolutely look outside, um, you know, doing an experiment is great, but what does it mean in terms of what, it does it, what can it add to somebody or to you when you change um, career? So see it very differently, you know, writing a grant, that's great, but it's same as writing for funding in the private sector, it's writing a budget, it's, you know, just try to relate the two. Everything you do outside your job counts towards building this competency. You're part of a team doing sports, super important. But, you know, other people are going to do that. So think about how you're going to differentiate yourself from others. If you have a PhD, that's great. You apply for a job, everybody will have a PhD. What is going to make you different? 
Okay? So that's, for me, super important. You need to be proactive. Don't wait for something to happen. If you, if you don't go for it, if you don't provoke it, nothing will happen. One day, you know, don't, don't expect somebody to ring your doorbell and, and, and say, here is a job. That's not happening like that. So you really need to be visible and, and create value where you're visible. Take a mentor. I mean, for me, as I said in, in previously, that has helped me a lot. And, and some people are, are willing to help. Um, and, and build your confidence. Sometimes in academia, we are really very humble. We were, I don't say build your ego, but build your confidence is super important. Because in business, it's really cutthroat. And, and you know, you need the answer right now. You need, it's not like you have three years to just give an answer. The answer is fast. The shareholders want the money every quarter. So you need to build that resilience. You need to build that confidence. And, and basically, you, you have to go for it. And, and, and I think, for me, what I follow right now is that if you don't ask, you don't get. And, and then people will know you. And, and you build on and you snowball. And, and one day, you'll, you'll make it to the, as people say, to the other side. So it's, it's a different <laughs> side, basically. Yes, it sounds like that. Uh, thank you so much for that insight. I think it's extremely useful for our listeners. Um, so I've picked up, you know, that you're talking about the power of network, uh, making sure you develop your competencies, being proactive, getting support, for instance, you know, having a mentor and building that confidence. And it feels to me like, you know, having worked for quite a long time again in, in academia and helping early career researchers um, it seems it's like, you know, hope to stay and be successful, but also prepare to leave if need be. So there's a bit of, of, a, of, a, of both, both strategies that need to happen at the same time. And we talk about transferable skills. So it's, it's very much that. It's about, you know, showing your value and how your value will be uh, appreciated and, and how you actually express it outside academia is also very important. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I have a, a final question, which is very much, I think, in line with the experience we, we're having with the pandemic, where maybe there is time to do things differently. There's a kind of idea of a big reset. Um, and, uh, and I'd really like to hear, Christian, what do you think, where do you think you would like to spend your time and, and, and uh, you know, have your, or, or are keen to influence in the, in the near future? What we have done so far is great. Pandemic showed us one thing, we are vulnerable. We didn't plan it. The response has been, um, I would say, quite interesting from different countries. Um, and, and one year on, um, we, we are still, you know, here in the UK coming out, potentially from, from the latest lockdown. So I think we definitely need to do things differently. We need to think differently and, and, and for multiple reasons. The, the COVID-19 was, was hard. Um, we have other very difficult um, task um, as, as human race. We have obviously climate change, antimicrobial um, resistance. We are, um, population is getting older. And, and what we are also doing is that we are using our resources on our planet um, and we can't replenish them fast enough right now. And, and as far as I know, we haven't found another earth where we can all go and, and have another life basically. So I think we really need to work together. And that, when I mean work together, it's at every single level. 
between sectors, between companies, academia is absolutely crucial to help the private sector move forward. And, and the private sector is crucial for academia to be able to just move forward as well. So everything is, is, is linked. Where I want to go, well, you mentioned purpose. So I think it's super important to find a purpose. This purpose will change in your life. For me, having lost my dad to dementia in two years ago, I decided that this is really something I want to help with and help with through my, through my knowledge I developed in the microbiome, my interest in creating new diagnostic, new therapy. And right now, going the same way is taking another 10 to 20 to 15 years to develop a new drug. These patients do not have 10 to 15 years. For a person with dementia, the diagnostic are still very, I would say, very primitive. Treatment, secondary effect are more you know, damaging than the disease itself. So where do we go? So this is where we need to think differently. We need to think differently by using, for example, the microbes that live in our gut and use them to our own benefit. It means that we need to change our diet. We need to, we need to really think differently. Drug is great, but drug is treatment. Can we prevent? Can we delay? Can we change our business models? So actually, the pharmaceutical industry still keeps selling drugs because we need them, but can they introduce something like you know, prevention? Can the um, insurance company buy us, for example, an Apple Watch and tells us, you know, we monitor you, you do your sport every day, your premium at the end of the year is going to decrease because we know and we can monitor that you do exercise. And that's good for you. That's good for you know, for, for everything. And, and, and I think this is where we need to think, you know, differently. Um, when I was doing my MBA, one of my lecturers told me, you want to create value, you just flip everything. So we need to flip. Yes. Instead of doing one way, just think about it, pause, flip it, and then you create value. And that's what's being different. Change the way you think, flip everything around, and it will be difficult, but we will find new solutions. And I'm very hopeful for this. Thank you. That's inspiring. And I like the flip it. I think we, you should maybe uh, have a trademark for this. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe we'll have another podcast just on the, on the flip it phenomenon. A big thanks to our guests today for a wonderful conversation on their leadership journey. To find out more about my podcast and my work, please check my website at cambridgeinsights.co.uk or you can always find me on LinkedIn and I'd be really happy to connect with you. Thank you for listening.